football team when my starting quarterback was sacked nine times. He did. Kyler Murray was interviewed, I don't know when, but I saw the quote today. And he said, it was interesting. He said, this the last two years, they would have lost that game. But they won. They beat the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. And I told my kid that. I was just like, when they were down at halftime, I was like, oh, they're going to lose. I was like, I don't think they are. I was like, if this team is different, then this is the game they need to win and come back and win. And sure enough, they did. Yeah. That was that was good. I feel like Arizona's just always a bridesmaid, never a bride. We get close, yep. but we don't win. I mean, like the Cardinals, we Super Bowl, the, Browns, the Suns. Yeah. yeah. The Bears were playing the Browns, and Christopher Platt felt so bad about how horrible the Bears were, he couldn't even rub the game in my face. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Like, Because they give me a hard time about me ragging on the Bears. Like when I like two years ago when I was doing three man weave and talking about how bad the Bears were, they weren't buying it. They're like, no, no, you're full of crap, whatever. Except for Tony, because he knows because he's a Packer fan. Well, yeah, he's in the division. But Platt, like, Platt, Platt was like, okay, I see it now. I, yeah, I, get I mean, it. Platt's a Browns fan. Like he's been through right. more than you have. But Tony, right. as a as a Packer fan, like he's been he's seen championships. Like I've seen four. Yep. Like. I've seen the two reasons Eli Manning's going to go in the Hall of Fame on his first ballot because he won two Super Bowls against Tom Brady. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, take those away. Eli's a average quarterback yeah. at best. But you can't take those away. They happened. Just like you can't Andy. take away Big E's world title win that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Oh, Phoenix! Hey, yo. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Acknowledge me. is a Wednesday morning, Tuesday evening for us, Tuesday, September 28th, as we record this edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast, because there's two sides to every storyline. My name is Greg DeMarco. I am the heel. Patrick O'Dowd is the babyface, and Miranda Morales is stuck in the middle, forced to be the referee, the peacekeeper, the tweener, and free to choose sides as she wishes. Of course, this show, like many, many others, is part of the Chairshot Radio Network, which you can hear right here. At thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Follow the website on social media at Chairshot Media. Follow me on social media at Chairshot Greg. That's the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. The show is also streaming on all of your favorite platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. So go ahead, like, subscribe, leave us that five-star review, tell a friend 
what you heard, the the great talk that we did, even the the classic wrestling cliche topic that that I'm going to have to do today for being down for 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 two weeks of podcasting. This is what we've come to, but that's my fault and nobody else's. You heard us on the pre-show talking over the kickoff. Maybe we'll call it. I don't know the stuff before the began. The show began. Uh, you know I'm not here alone. It's the usual crew as it should be. Of course, that means we have with us the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. You can follow him on the Twitter at wrestling realist. You all know it. You know where to find it, but I have to say it because every time I listen to Ben Wagon Nerds and he says it, I'm just waiting for the oomph and waiting for the emphasis and it's just not there. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G. R-E-A-L-I-S-T. I also wait for the tagline, Patrick O'Dowd, because there's no I in wrestling, and there is one in Patrick, and there is one in realist, and there is one in Patrick for the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. You gotta give him the I explanation. You got to. But but those are but those are your gimmicks. But but, this is, but maybe you'd have more followers. I, I mean, I'm happy with the followers that I have. I don't even know what you have. We haven't done that in a long not time. Enough. Well, we haven't done that counter. It is low. It's very low indeed. Here, let, let's. Uh, I'll click on the old profile real quick for you. Click on uh, the old profile. profile. The old profile says, "I am at 458. I've been living in the 450s oh, basically since we started tracking." I think so. Yeah. Well, no, for a while we had the Patrick 400, and, and we wanted yeah. to get you to 400. And then we did 450. And then we and were going to do the think, Patrick and 500. And we tried to go for the 500. Yeah. yeah. And it's been like well, two years, so yeah. Hey, you know, it's okay. I'm I'm okay with it. Obviously, obviously you are, and that's that's quite all right. So, but hey, that's where you can go follow him at Wrestling Realist. There's no I in wrestling. There's one in Realist. Patrick O'Dowd. Go follow him. And the other voice you heard, well, you're not going to find her on the Twitter because she is the Twitterless heroine. But on Facebook and Instagram, you can find her at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out. For the Queen of Soft Style and many copious other nicknames, Miranda Morales. So many names. So, all the names. All of them. And they're all for me, Miranda Morales. They are for you, Miranda Morales. And so we were not here for the past couple of weeks. And, and um, planned, unplanned. Greg fell asleep one of those weeks. That was last week. So, yeah, little things that, that kept us away. And now we're here, and so much has happened in the world of professional wrestling that, damn it, I have to do the one thing I hate doing more than any other things that, that we've had to do in the past. I got to go with a state of wrestling topic this week, and I'm not happy about it, but I just think we have to do that. I just, I just think that's the way we have to go because literally – so much has happened over the past three weeks. Like, so much. It seems like a year ago that I was bitching and complaining about Adam Cole going to AEW. But oh, it wasn't. It was basically like was. Yeah. Well, I in mean, wrestling time. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like in dog years. It's almost yeah. a month. And that's yeah. that's like forever ago. That's an know. eternity. He's he's now, he's already in the AEW Hall of Fame. He's been there so long. He's already been mm-hmm. back to WWE and retired Shawn right. Michaels. Like, it's all happened. And and that's all. There you go. It's and then we just, we got full circle. Then he went back to AEW. It actually all happened within the few weeks that we weren't recording. It's crazy. Um, what goes yeah. on. He's, he's 50 now. And uh, it's been a great run. 
Multiple world titles. Finally got that WrestleMania main event with Roman Reigns. Still, mm-hmm. still Universal mm-hmm. Champion Roman Reigns after forty thousand seven hundred ninety-two days. It's it's amazing. Yeah. That, um, the one the one thing that didn't change. We no, still have to no. Acknowledge. He yeah. hasn't even aged. He looks the same. Everyone else has aged. Paul Heyman long gone. The Usos have retired. Have kids now. It's it's amazing. Um, the Usos' kids are now the bloodline. Like it's just, yeah. Yeah, it's second generation, third Welcome. generation bloodline. Acknowledge me. Except for the tribal chief. Still the tribal chief, the longest reigning tribal chief of all time. Bruno San Martino's reign, record-breaking, now a distant memory, thanks to the tribal chief. He's more than tripled that. So, yeah. It's been an amazing time over the past three weeks in pro wrestling, which we've equated to like 30 years. But real things have happened, and we're going to talk about them this week. And, and basically, we'll dive into a topic. This is after the commercial break. And we'll see where it goes and and see where it takes us. I know there'll be a lot of talk about fans, how they treat things. Um, there'll be a lot of talk about Patrick O'Dowd's ever changing Skype background. There'll be lots of things that we can that we can talk about. So we will get into those topics and complain <laughs> and have some fun. So just 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 pick one or pick none. Cause I don't know. I kind of like this rotation of things. It's a squirrel in me, just is constantly looking. What's next? That is true. What's going to happen? That is true. That is that is true. It'd be better if we were on on video. That's old news now. You can't use that one anymore. That's, there's no more Gloria. No one cares. That was a good movie. I did enjoy that one. I haven't watched that one. It was good. Also, good same movie. Yep. It's Definitely the same. Enjoyed it. One. That's your kid made that in paint. Very artistic. Yes. That's a photograph of stuff. So beautiful. Yes. Oh, somebody was playing solitaire. Go to your commercial, goddammit. <laughs> no. <clears throat> You're having too much fun. The fuck around and pick with, dude. That's right. You need, you need time. You, you need time to pick a, to pick to a background. Right Is that what one. you need? You need time. So we can, in fact, go to commercial. Everybody knows how that works. So. Uh, Marini got some t-shirts to sell, so you can probably, you know. Look, Patrick's changing his background left and right. Marini's just on her phone the whole time. Like, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. I'm looking up and making sure I get all my notes correct, sir. Okay. And that, sir. that is, I can't even claim that you're not. It's, it's, you it this is why she's the most professional of the podcasters, um, I guess. It's one of my many names, Greg. I know. I know it's one you like to ignore because you didn't come up I mean, with it. But yeah. Ignore I don't, I don't it. Take I, your show. I acknowledge that one more than any of them. Do you acknowledge it? Do I, you? Are you, are you you're there. Me, you're, you're there. I've occasionally, I've occasionally listened to your podcast, Miranda, um, and he does. I do acknowledge it. I make fun of it and I mock it, but that's my form of acknowledgement. That is the reform of acknowledgement. I mean, yeah. How's, how's your uh, how's your podcast rundown game, Miss Professional over there? You know, uh, it's it's there. It's happening. It's she a does creative it for, process. She does it for other podcasts, mm-hmm. just not her own. Uh, I gotcha. Well, I just feel like I like I mean, to I, some I, more I just, creative not, liberties. I've been told that I have the best rundowns in the business um, by like one person. Well, you know what? I may bring you on the creative team, uh, Pat. You know, I feel like we're the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Podcast to work on? Yes. That's the last thing you need. You'll regret it. Don't don't get me wrong. It's a terrible job and nobody wants it. Not even me. But yes, I'm happy to bring you on. That's your intern, Miranda. I'm not sure. I thought we were new super best friends. We are. I'm I'm bringing you on as a creative partner. 
that does your scut work. That's what I heard there. No, I'm just saying that I'm just a very creative, somewhat elusive personality that, again, with the squirrel in me, just diverts. And sometimes I need to get focused. And it's not an easy job. You're on the assumption that I'm an organized person. You've never seen my office. No, I have not. You don't want to see my office. The fact that you even have rundowns for your show is way more organized. This is the rundown right here. if If I didn't, bandwagon nerds would go nowhere. It would That's literally go nowhere. Yeah. Like I because I, there there are links involved. There is actually assigned reading before bandwagon nerds. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Our assigned reading is memes or clips of things that I find hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh that I tell Greg uh to say, We need that clip on the show. And that's There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You were supposed to wind it up like a while ago, and I think I derailed I will, the world. You know, we derailed. We're, we've we been did. off the rails. It's been a minute, so let's, you know, take a second. We'll get centered. Let's focus because, Greg, we need to wind it up. It's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you. Yes, you to go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your very own chair shot t-shirt today. When you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot, you're going to find a variety of t-shirt designs in support of thechairshot.com. That includes our favorite t-shirts like the unofficial official t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd, the hashtag save tag team wrestling t-shirt. Also, the bandwagon nerds t-shirt is available at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. You can find the queen of soft style t-shirt. Yes, my t-shirt that is indeed available in soft style. Yes, you can get these t-shirts and all the t-shirts there in soft style for a few extra dollars. And if you're a fan of one Greg DeMarco, you can get the Everybody Hates Greg t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. That and much, much more, including the OG chair shot logo, the new Impact Zone Wrestling and chair shot linear t-shirt are available there as well. And much, much more at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. So what are you waiting for? T-shirts start at $19.99, which is a great deal for a few extra dollars. You can customize and get it in soft style. But you know what? The holidays are coming up. You want to wear something nice for Thanksgiving dinner? You should think about going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and getting your chair shot T-shirt today. Order now and you can get it in time for Thanksgiving and impress all your family members. So... ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Go now. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's AngryLemonade.net. So like I was saying before we, we derailed ourselves and then sold some t-shirts, uh, the world of wrestling has been crazy over the past three weeks since we last did this. Even though it's only been two episodes, that means three weeks because you got to count the week in between. So that's where we are. But 
a, a lot has taken place, and so there's many different directions we can go. Of course, Big E is your brand new WWE champion. Historically, an African-American wrestler beat an African-American wrestler for the WWE championship as the WWE continues to embrace diversity while AEW does nothing but whitewash their most important <laughs> television programs. As uh, oh, We're just going for it today. Pointed out to the awesome. world today. No, no, no. Hey, hey, hey. Four blue Canadians, are, Canadians are totally diverse. Yes, don't forget about the Brazilian that was in that as well. But again... Yes. For, for white blondes. That's how they, they celebrate Hispanic heritage. The distant heritage. land of Canada. Yes. The distant land of Canada. America's top hat. And yeah, in Brazil. But hey, it's it's uh, the fans have been stupid, but some of the fans are really great. A lot has happened. Hell, NXT beat Rampage in the ratings, but all we can talk about is Dynamite beating Raw in the demos. But we can't claim that NXT beat Rampage because why? That's equally stupid. That's why. But we're going to start talking about Big E and we'll talk about some of the reactions and we're going to go wherever this thing goes. That's what we're going to do because it's it's state of the wrestling. We're going to go there. And uh, Patrick doesn't really watch NXT, so you're going to have to tune in to the hashtag Miranda show is that will definitely be more NXT. I say definitely. That's what we were planning to do. One of the two canceled shows. So I don't even know if she's still planning to do that. I, I shouldn't speak for, well, even though I have power of attorney, hey, I, I shouldn't mean, speak for. So. In my defense, I did tweet about the debut of NXT 2.0. Cause I did watch a bit of NXT 2.0. Define 2. a bit. I didn't watch all Whoa. of it. I watched at least an hour and a half of it. Okay. Okay. Like I, tuned in to get a full good look at it i got to see ron breaker um i I'd like god he's so good um and it's not fair that he's so good and so new <laughs> in the, in the, like it's just in not the fair. bloodline it's in the bloodline no, I, I get it um but no because i i did the same thing like we also know i don't really watch AEW, but i checked out AEW on cm punk debut day uh, but I wanted to see just how different it was really going to be because everybody has talked about, oh my gosh, NXT is going to be ruined, blah, blah, blah. And I think the tweet, because you commented on it, right? It was just like, it looked like a good wrestling show that I thought was maybe slightly more, like, if the goal, which it always has been, as you pointed out, was to bring the product in line with, you know, putting people on the main roster, exactly. quote unquote main roster, then that's what that show was, mm-hmm. was designed to do and was doing like, and so I don't like, I didn't get all like other than it at first is a little bit of assault uh, of an assault on the eyes. Cause it's so damn bright and colorful. It, it was a good wrestling show. It was a W like it was clearly a WWE wrestling show, yeah. but it was good. Like I enjoyed it. I even enjoyed watching a wedding on NXT. Um, like it, it kept me on for a little bit. So sometimes I watch NXT. No, nah, and, and it's good. I won't for another six months, but you know, <laughs> I, I you heard it you here first. Patrick O'Dowd right. sometimes watches NXT. And that's a very loose sometimes, like once every six months. Same with AEW. So let's go to the things you do follow and do watch. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about pop culture and, and movies, but I'm talking about wrestling. And let's talk about the the, the biggest topic at hand, the the most historic, um, and and the ones that is going to have yeah, it's had everybody talking, and will continue to have everybody talking for for much much time to come. And that is, of course, 
Big E cashing in money in the bank and beating Bob, Bob Lashley, for the WWE Championship. And it's, it's, it's been over, you know, there's been two episodes of Raw since then, two very good episodes of Raw since then, I, I might add. And now we're here with kind of the Big E era, I guess, as we head into the draft. So let's just start there. And, and Patrick already talked at length for him anyway about NXT. So Miranda, Big E is finally the WWE champion, something that we've all wanted to see for quite a long time. How do we feel about Big E as the champ? Well, I can speak on the royal we, which is me, but I'm happy with this. Um, I think that this was such a great utilization of money in the bank. I know it was different because it was announced ahead of time. And I think even then fans still weren't sure if the cash in was going to happen because in the weeks prior to that, we've had announcements of matches that haven't occurred. And you didn't know if this was really just a, a way to capture an audience and not deliver. But I think it absolutely delivered. It's the culmination of someone who a lot of fans have been behind for such a long time someone who has really just captured the hearts of people and that's a hard thing to do it's one thing to like someone but when you feel invested in your heart in someone um that just genuinely seems like an exciting good athletic talented fun person it brings out all of those emotions and fans and so i think that it was kind of just a the way that all the the steps and the layers planted and all the things that were laid out should work and and did work. And I I think there's, again, this is the Royal we, but I do think that we as a collective fan base are happy about this move. Um, And it it brings in a new chapter uh, on Monday night raw as well. Um, And it keeps the ball rolling. It keeps things exciting. It, it, you know, continues and creates new storyline as well, which is ultimately what, what they try to do. And as fans, we expect um, to keep things fresh. And so um, I think it was a very interesting utilization of cashing in the money on the bank on a, on a Monday night raw and a pre-announced, but that's been one of the things that makes money in the bank as good as it is. It's that, you know, utilization at any given time. And this is going to go down. It's probably one of the best cash-ins ever. Um, and one of the reasons why I love money in the bank, um, at least, you know, the way that it's been rolling out on the men's side, the women's side's a whole other conversation for another day. I still have hope for it, but, um, this is all the best laid plans working out. So, I mean, outside of a few probably AEW idiots, it's like anybody not like Big E, like Big E might be the most singular popular wrestler in the entire world. Like I've never seen anyone out like Big E. I really haven't. Yeah, I mean, he's been, I mean, and people have been pulling for him to mm-hmm. yeah. have a major, a major individual title run at the top of the card, like the tippy top of the card. Uh, you know, and I mean, people have pushed for like U.S. champ and Intercontinental champ, but he's held those belts, and his his ties to the New Day have have obviously made him part of you know the one of the top two tag teams stables of their generation. Uh, but yeah, it's just such a it's such a good story because there's always been such a a, a, a just a, a an energy. Uh, a charisma, 
a talent that people wanted to get behind from the moment he debuted to to now. And so I think that this is yeah, very much this this is a great story and a guy that folks across the wrestling fandom, mm-hmm. whether that is the IWC, you know, smart marks, um, cynical fan to the the WWE universe casual, like they they love him, they root for the guy, and so for him to win and win the belt and, and you know, now he's he, they we've gotten past the okay, he's gonna win it and give it right back. You know, he he got he survived extreme rules. He you know, he survived the cage match. He's now you know, it's just it's a good story and people are happy for him. And and you know, that goodwill, at least with the cynical fan, will last for at least another month before before we'll, we'll they'll get all tired of him and, and then start yeah. bitching about how yeah i mean we talk about wrestling years or wrestling time being in dog years and i think the opposite goes too for when fans get tired of things quicker than they should oh, yeah. um they'll turn on so I de- yeah I i'm a randy well, and I think it's oh, it's almost that thing of why being a wrestling fan can sometimes be so frustrating because you can truly never please, you know, a, a, a group of wrestling fans, you know, yeah. because just as much as, again, these things take time. When you think about the seeds that were planted with Big E, that does go back to, you know, winning the, the U.S. championship um, and just like even just the past year and this build up to winning money in the bank and you know, separating him from Xavier and um, Kofi, you know, all these seeds were planted. These things were done intentionally and you had to do that in order to tell this long-term story so that people can get more and more invested in him. No, no, Miranda, you forgot. It was panic booking um, as a result (laughs) of AEW debuting all of this talent they needed to do something to draw the ratings for monday night raw and save well, it's Black worked Chicago. because they continue to yeah beat them they're doing well in the ratings now that they that they're and, while, and, while, and I, while i wonder about a little bit about the merit of whether you know the timing of the cash in or whatever i don't buy it um Entirely. The timing of the cash in has more to do with the start of the NFL football season than anything. Right, I agree. Historically, look at what they've done with Raw. And here's the thing, and I want to go back to a few different things that were said uh, because they're all extremely salient. Um, first of all, at best, this is the third best cash in ever. It's no Seth Rollins at WrestleMania 31. No, not at all. And it's honestly no Miz over Randy Orton. Like, that's still one of the greatest cash ins ever just because. I- and as far as called shot ones, I'd even throw in um, Rod Van Dam oh, cashing yeah. in on John yeah, Cena. Yeah, yeah. So if that was number four, I could make this one number five. And he he called his shot very differently. He just said on social media, I'm going to come and cash it in. Like it wasn't a Rob Van Dam cashing in and using it the next week or John Cena the way he did his. And and, and it's, there's been very different cash ins. Outside of the traditional surprise cash-ins, of course, um, and the women's cash-in issues that that um, that Miranda said, notwithstanding, because that's real, that's very very real, and we've talked about that previously. But the other thing a- about it that for me, there's two additional things actually. Cash-in aside, um, we talk about how rare it is for this to happen on Raw. The past three WWE title changes for the WWE Championship have happened on Raw. 
Drew McIntyre won it back from Randy Orton on Raw. Well, wait, when did the Miz, where did the Miz win? The Miz might have won on pay-per-view. So never mind, I'm wrong. So three of the last four. Because the Miz cashed in, I think, after Elimination Chamber. And then Bobby Lashley won it on Raw. One, yeah. And now Big E has won it on Raw. So three of the last four have happened. All since our tribal chief, Roman Reigns, captured the Universal Championship last year. So as he continues to roll roll on with that one. But um, so so the whole thing about Raw and these title changes happening on Raw. And, and at first, I mean, until it was announced day of, we didn't even know if Big E was going to be on the Extreme Rules pay-per-view event. Roman Reigns wasn't on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view event, which everybody complaining about Big E saying it's it's unheard of that WWE would leave their world champion off a of pay-per-view. Completely forgot that they just did it with Roman Reigns a few months ago at Hell in a Cell. Um, brings up kind of the next point. It's a place that I think we've been for a while, but now more than ever with the way they're booking things is undeniable. Pay-per-view is just another show is where we're at now. Like it's part of the story. We build a little bit to pay-per-views, but we also build the TV. We also build to, to things like Saudi Arabia. But here's the thing. If you factor in Saudi Arabia, pay-per-view is like their third largest revenue. Like, like the TV deals are where it's at for them. And mm-hmm. And fans complain, oh, too much on TV, too much on TV. Not if AEW does it. When AEW puts Daniel Bryan Danielson and Kenny Omega on TV, they're wonderful. But if Big E wins a world title on TV, it's horrible. But TV is the most important thing in wrestling right now because that's where the money comes from. You got to follow the money. The money is in the TV deals. And personally, and, and I'll get your guys' opinions. We'll start with Patrick. Honestly, if you consider that fact and you accept it as fact that TV is just so important because of the money, I honestly think WWE is doing a great job balancing putting important things on TV and important things on pay-per-view. What do you think? Yeah, I buy that. And and Greg, I'd even go a step further. Pay-per-view hasn't been what people think it is for well before this kind of current era. Like I would even go as far back as he goes far back as the Monday night wars and nitro. And when they started going into 12, when we start, when they shifted the model to a pay-per-view, at least a pay-per-view a month, Mm -hmm. like we used to do episodes of the Greg DeMarco show where we would ask if there were too many pay-per-views because our own mindset was, was this old, archaic model of you build toward the pay-per-view and that's where your big stories need to end. And by our mindset, you mean your mindset because you were pounding the table for years that they needed to go back to four. You weren't exactly disagreeing with me, but okay. (laughs) Anyway, you could could act like we were ahead of the time because Greg Miracle is a promoter, so he can say things like that. Um, But no, but like you go as far back. Like that was, I mean, that was a complaint yeah. By everybody, people back still in the make it today. In yeah. your house, mm-hmm. people made a big deal out of in your house, and it's funny to listen to like Bruce Pritchard and Jim Ross talk about in your house and what it really meant to them. Like back then, they're like, "Yeah, it was a cheap pay per view. It was two hours. Yeah. Like whatever. Like they didn't it was care. money. Just, it, yeah, it was just it was a vehicle. And so yeah, and if you look at it now. You know, AEW is using an older model with their pay-per-views. Like, you got to pay the whatever to, to see it. I can't remember. It's more than I'm willing to pay. Yeah. yeah. The WWE, it's it's $8. What, for Paramount, what's $6? I can't even remember what it is for cheap Paramount. Five. Um, cheap uh, 
Peacock. Yeah. yeah, it's like five. So cheap yeah, peacock. it's cheaper now. It's cheaper on Peacock than it was when it was just yeah, right. the WWE network. And you get so, more stuff. So peacock. Way yeah. more stuff. Peacock. Basically, you yeah, you're getting an extra episode, and it's not that they don't treat those shows different or special. Like like there's still something unique about just even the atmosphere. It's just it's more Clash of the Champions than it is yeah. SummerSlam. And SummerSlam is still SummerSlam. The Royal Rumble is still the Royal Rumble. By the way, any interest in going to St. Louis? Um, <laughs> that's my city, dude. In December? No. Or January? No. Why? They don't, it doesn't really snow down there. No. It's okay. Like, I get it. You're like, you live in Phoenix and you, you are it's used to spoiled. Like anything, oh, you know, below 70, you know, 60 yeah. degrees in January. Oh, he's not about that light. Sure. Like, yeah, it's great. I'll bring you. I'll bring you my letter jacket. You can wear my letter jacket. Be like you're. Oh, people will know that you're together lost, then. You've lost enough weight that I think you could wear. It. You're gonna have to wear mine then, because I have mine, and it will fit you. It's from tenth grade. Ah, so, yeah. you guys are just. So you never. You never. You guys will just wear each other. We trade rings too. I think uh, I still have that somewhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you guys start courting. That's adorable. I actually never. I never got a class ring. I got one. So here's a random story. I got one. Lost it in college and got a phone call like three months later that someone dug it up out of the dirt and found it. What? And the person who was calling me worked in an office of the high school or worked in an office of the college, went to my high school and knew who I was. Oh my gosh. And that's who who found it. That's Um, trippy. One of the, uh, there were, there were two twins. They were a year ahead of me. I don't remember their names now. Her name was Heather. I don't remember her sister's name. They were big track athletes in my high school. But yeah, found my ring. It was in, like had my name inscribed on the inside. Called. It was still like mostly covered in dirt. Like yeah, it was. And, and I think it's in a drawer right now with a bunch of other. I have nice. like eight wedding rings of various sizes that fit and don't fit at different times. Remember, I dealt with some skin issues, and so I had to d- test different materials. Right. So I have all right, of those. Let's, let's clear so, the air. It's not because there's eight separate marriages. That's just because of the not variance. Not publicly, no. No, I am. And, um, <laughs> there was going to be. got a few sister wives. There was going to be a documentary, and but I decided to leave the Mormon <laughs> church, so it doesn't matter. Boy, I just pissed hey, off some people. You, at, least, at least you never lost any of your wedding rings. You know, I lost. Yes, you them. did. And then insisted on my, but see, here's the thing. Like, I also don't mind paying $19 for a wedding ring because it's the right material that doesn't affect my skin. So it's, it's, yeah, like I think the total of all of mine outside of the first one probably don't even come close to what yours is. Um, now you factor in the wires. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's because the hurt too. Way too expensive. Yeah, a little, little story, a little story time. Um, the Owens Courtyard was where it was found on the campus of Virginia Tech. The, the, anybody who knows Virginia Tech will know what I'm talking about. But getting back to, to the product in WWE and where they're at with pay-per-views and everything in AEW, AEW does it too with, with putting important things on TV. We just saw it. Like they just had their Grand Slam. Now they'll call it Grand Slam. And so, of course, the fans give it a pass because it's special. I literally had people telling me that. Well, it's a special. It's Grand Slam. So it's a pay-per-view-like show. So it's okay. But Big E cashing in was still wrong. And what shocked me, and I guess we can go there now, um, Grand Slam did did a lower rating on Dynamite than the two weeks before, which kind of blows my mind because it was was a Clash of Champions-like show. The only reason I can think of that they that that happened was that they open they 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 led too hard. 
They opened with Daniel Bryan, Danielson, and Kenny Omega. And they shouldn't have because that's the one that everyone wanted to see. And after that, some people, like me, tuned out. Now, I went back and watched some other things. I did fast forward to see FTR make Sting look like a million bucks because they are the greatest tag team walking God's green earth. And Dax. Congratulations on your retweet. Right? Dax Dax Hardwood appreciates my tweet. Yes, he does. Oh, good. That's right up there. Are we going to have like a Dax Hardwood is awesome. I mean, we have the Baron Corbin sucks. So I we need to have, like a- have tried to get them onto the safe tag team wrestling shirt and that hasn't happened. Um, Dax and cash would both have to be involved somehow, but yeah, that's right up there with the road dog replying to my gender Mahal tweet when he wasn't even in it. Jinder Mahal liking and retweeting plenty of my things. And of course, um, you know, all the MJF stuff, because that's... I was going to say, that's up there. That's up there. Up there. Yeah. Um, that's a moment. And Na- and Naomi following me on Twitter. Like, that's also... Um, Would you? Yeah, Naomi, Conan. So yeah, there's, 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 there's a few. Not as many as block me, like JBL and Goldberg and, and some others, but yeah. Oh, Titus O'Neil, the one that still doesn't make any sense. Um, I mean, at this point, you're going to have way more Hall of Famers block you. I mean, that could actually be a, a good... Um, you know, that is true. a claim to fame. I hear Ryback's going to thank you in his induction speech. <laughs> he should. I've done a lot of legwork for Ryback. Feed him more. Please do. Um, I forgot Ryback existed till I was watching Seth Rollins on Stone Cold Broken Skull Sessions, which by the way is phenomenal. Everybody needs to go watch it. Like don't, you know, finish listening to this first, but then go watch that. So then we're at this place where, and, and this is just, like, I just don't understand the issue with the fans. And, and, and I've said this to Miranda before, and, and, and I know Patrick will agree with me before I even say it, but the, the only people driving this competition narrative between WWE and AEW are the AEW fans. Yeah. And they're literally picking the most random things. They, and that's why I keep, that's why I brought up the whole deal about how NXT beat Rampage. And I have people coming at me. Well, you can't compare because Rampage is on a Friday night. Well, NXT is the third tier brand on a Tuesday. And and it's it's literally been demoted in its own purpose and, and back to what it should be and, and become, you know, Nickelodeon colored. And whereas it used to be the cool hip brand. Now it's like cool and hip in a different way in terms of music, but also kind of weird and flashy. But we can't compare that, but we can still compare Raw and Dynamite. This is the most immature fan base I've ever seen. <laughs> Grow up. I mean, I think that this is a fan base that when we first saw and heard of AEW coming to existence, we're so happy because they were very unhappy with the WWE product and still are today. And I think a lot of these fans grew up in a time when you know, they, they lived through the Monday Night Wars. They lived through competition. And for them, that was part of the excitement of being a wrestling fan. So I think there's this effort to replicate a time 20 plus years ago when wrestling was at its highest peak ever. But then and now are two totally different frame, mind frame, you know, state of minds and, you know, moments in wrestling as well. Whereas, I think back in the the 90s, there was more of a back and forth between those fan bases and the acknowledgement from both companies. 
now it is a very one-sided issue. Um, and, and I mentioned this to you offline and you brought this up too, where, you know, WWE doesn't acknowledge really any war or battle or anything. And AEW, you know, on the professional level, or, or even some of their VPs say, we're not really in competition with anyone, but they strive and make money and have viewers off the idea of a war, of, you know, a battle of, well, of these fan bases. And so. And actually I'm going to, I'm going to read you a tweet. Cause while ooh, we were story talking, time. Oh no. So you were talking about owners and folks, um, pushing it actually it's not going to show up because they don't follow them so tony khan tweeted a thank you today where it's very it's a very intentional thank you where he talks about rampage being the number one show on cable um because he because he has to put that qualifier in there. only in but the demo though not in the viewership well but it, well on cable because fox isn't a cable show so right, you can write but, but still only in the, it didn't even win the viewership for the night it only won the demo for oh, the well, night. He, he didn't even write that of course then, not he, he, um he's full of shit on that then but i saw it because I, I laughed when i as miranda's talking about that like i was like oh i just saw him tweet uh this big like we're so great in the ratings thing mm-hmm. because he knows what that does like he knows full well yeah they all, they all do again like it's it's interesting whereas you have Kenny Omega talking about you know fans should love all wrestling and you know the, they should be supporting wrestling as a whole but the entire company narrative and drive is in very intentional about ratings and viewership oh. and signees and quality and whatever whatever you know any little edge that they can or dig that they can you know grind right. in they they can and so it's also like just call a spade a spade you know it just feels very disingenuous when at one moment you talk about loving wrestling for the art of it for the sake of it for wanting to have a community you know of inclusiveness but yet you are driving a narrative that intentionally divides people and you feed and only and also make money off of people arguing online and fighting about you know fandoms of different companies well i mean we knew i We've known that the we've known that the uh, the people behind AEW were full of shit the moment Cody Rhodes picked up a sledgehammer and smashed a cross shaped throne, like, and, and I'm not saying that there's not some truth to the to the product they want to put out. I absolutely agree with that. I have watched their product; it is definitely different from the WWE. It is not a product I particularly enjoy anymore. I used to like. If you had asked me, I mean, you, if you, I, I tweet, I, I, I texted Greg, um, during one of these like sort of fan exchanges. And I was like, like during the height of like our ROH fandom, like when Greg, Greg and I were going to any show that passed by our area. And I kept going after like Greg moved to Phoenix and like, and was, I was enough of a fixture at the, the Boston area shows and Connecticut area shows that like Sid would pick, point me out of a crowd as he was selling tickets to the next show and get me what I wanted when I came. Like I was, I was in all the way. And I was like, when we were that far in, 
were we these people? And, and no. I don't know if I was, because like, because to me, it's not even like. Craig, you opened the show by talking about state of wrestling, and you've even argued the state of wrestling is good right now. It's amazing because there are two there are two good quality shows that do speak to some distinctive fan bases. Business has but never like been better. Base, like, but one fan base, and I even think it's a sliver of that fan base is just insufferable about the way that they view the other side of the aisle, and it's nuts. And here's, I don't, I don't. I just thought of this now. I honestly did, and and. Here's what I think part of it is, and and this is kind of abstract, I guess, but when we were going to Ring of Honor events, and everybody loved Ring of Honor, and it was more pro-Ring of Honor than it was anti-WWE, here's why I think the difference is. Everyone in that crowd wanted to see their favorite wrestler end up on WWE television in Ring of Honor. That's true. You wanted to see them get to do that. Now, when your favorite indie wrestler goes to WWE... You might be pissed off that they didn't go to AEW, mm-hmm. and and it's 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 the the goals are different now for the fans and and even largely for the wrestlers, even largely for the companies. WWE's not in the business of hiring indie wrestlers right now. They will be again, and wait till those contracts come up in AEW, which they will do in the next two years. Don't don't think they won't be signing some people. They will. It'll happen, and more people will go to to AEW from WWE as well. That'll happen. Um, but I think there's that. And it's also because, thanks to social media, because we didn't have social media like this during the Monday Night Wars. We didn't even have social media like this at the height of Ring of Honor's fiercely independent days. Not like we have it today. We had it, but not like we have it today. They were still on message boards because social media wasn't big enough. And it, it's if we had social media back then, maybe Raw and or maybe WWE, WF and WCW would have known ways they could play into their fan base a little more. AEW knows what their fans want to hear because their fans are screaming it on social mm-hmm. media. If yeah. they didn't care about this fake ratings war, Chris Jericho would never have named himself the demo guy. Like he did it because he knew the fans wanted to and he knew it would sell t-shirts. And they make a ton of money off their t-shirts. They all do. It's, it's, it's great for them. The funny thing is, of course, both Adam Cole, the former greatest wrestler working God's Green Earth, walking God's Green Earth today, wow. and Daniel Bryan Danielson, also one of the greatest wrestlers walking God's Green Earth, have both had nothing but great things to say about Vince McMahon and WWE since going over to AEW, which is very different than many people who go there and very different than the people who chose to go to AEW instead of ever signing with WWE, like the Young Bucks, like Kenny Omega. They are extremely complimentary of their time in WWE, what they learned, what they got. Daniel Bryanson, Daniel Bryanson, Daniel Bryan Danielson has even said he's better or better wrestler now in AEW because of his time in WWE. Adam Cole has said things similar to that as well. But it's all about what the fans want. And the one thing about AEW, they know their audience. They know what their audience will buy into and they're going to feed it to them. Now, I think you could argue they've led them in that direction. And I think if they purposefully led their fan base into a different direction that wasn't this anti-WWE direction, I think their fan base would have followed like the sheep they are. But they didn't choose to do that. They chose to do something that works for their business. And like you said, Patrick, business is good. It really is. Mm-hmm. WWE's business is better than anybody. WWE is about the whole crown jewel again. I can't remember what Christopher Black called it, but it's Jam in the Sand 6. And they're going to make more for that one show. Then AEW makes their entire TV deal in a year. 
Like, that's where the business is. That's also the difference between WWE and AEW. Like, I joked, not even joked, I seriously said a couple weeks ago that they could compete. And I even now realize how wrong I was. Like, it's just night and day. They could compete at a wrestling level, but it just doesn't matter. Um, it, it's it's still, you know, men versus boys, chess and checkers. It's so many things. Like, their business models are just so different. It's almost unfair to try to try to compare them. And I think that's what WWE is trying to get at. But people just can't hear that and don't want to listen to that. But the business has, has been, I mean, it's, it's great. Like WWE next year is probably going to hold all of their quote unquote big four pay-per-views plus money in the bank in football stadiums. Now that they've announced right. that money in the bank is yeah. going to be in, at the Vegas stadium, we know that WrestleMania is going to be at Texas stadium. We know that uh, Royal Rumble is going to be at a football stadium. Only the second time it's ever been in a football stadium and, and the biggest place it's ever been. The only thing left next year is Survivor Series and SummerSlam. And I guarantee you they're going to be st- – there's already talk now that SummerSlam is going to be in Wembley again next year. Like that's been reported by reputable people. That leaves us with Survivor Series, which is their most challenging pay- – it's probably harder to sell out a stadium with Survivor Series than it is Money in the Bank. But I bet they're going to try to do it, and, and they probably will make it work. AEW I think could fill a good stadium right now, to be honest with you, if they pick the right city. I think they could they could fill it depending on how they cut it off. I mean, WWE didn't fill the entire football stadium in Vegas. They filled 45,000 people in, in a portion of that stadium. AEW could do that in a Chicago, in a New York, in a, in a okay. place like that. They, they could make it work if they really wanted to. The problem is they don't want to partially fill anything. Like, that's not their thing. Their, their thing is selling out, selling out, selling out. So, um, and I've gone in a million different directions. But this fighting between fans is really dumb and I've just noticed more and more that the WWE fans are a lot more mature about it. And there's a lot more of, wow, this is stupid, and a lot less of actually fighting back and forth. It seems to be one-sided fighting to me. And it's one side bickering and fighting, the other side just shaking their heads. And, and the fight becomes more about the fact that why are we even fighting than what the topic actually is to me. Um, but it, it, it's not hurting the business sense. It's just making a certain fan base insufferable and maybe hurting AEW's product unintentionally. I don't know. I see a lot of people tell me they won't tune in to AEW because of the fans. And I kind of feel like that's the AEW fans that say they don't watch raw, but then do watch raw and tweet about it. Like, I don't <laughs> well, think I, the anti AEW fans are really not watching either. I think it can hurt the fan base or the business in the sense that, you know, maybe newer fans or fans that aren't as regular, viewers may feel very judged and don't feel included or feel like because they like both, you know, some fan bases may say you can only like one, you know, or you can like both, but don't tell me about it. You have to agree with everything I say. So I think it can, I mean, we've talked about kind of a toxicity in the fan base and that makes it less appealing for new fans or casual fans um, to want to get back into the fold. If, you know, they can't enjoy a product without feeling belittled or berated or mocked or made fun of or argumentative, you know, for their choices in wrestling or choices of who they like and don't like even that too, you know, is somewhat controversial. So I, I do feel like in the fan base, it can make it 
so that you just don't want to be a part of it. You don't want to watch it. You don't want to be near it. I catch so much grief because I speak highly of John Cena um, and half her years. Uh, and, and gatekeeping amongst the uh, amongst the fan base is a huge, huge problem. And it's not, and it's not just unique to pro wrestling. Like I don't, I don't want anything to yeah. like to act like this is unique to just pro wrestling in terms of like just that you're not a real fan if you don't like X or if you like this person then you don't really know what it's all about. Even the whole argument of pro wrestling versus sports entertainment and it's all the same. The, you know, one versus as if. As if you know, to quote Jim Ross, both are play fighting and like it, whatever version of it you enjoy, enjoy it. Like by all means, enjoy it. And, you know, I think Greg, you checked me a little bit earlier this week when in the insufferable fan thing uh, and just pointing out that like being excited about your product and, and being a supporter and a fan of something there, there's nothing wrong with that. No, it's it's the it's the other side of it. It's the ugly side of it. It's the as you said, kind of arguing into the void, or going after people. Like I just I find it fascinating the randos that if I tweet something nice about the WWE, will like show up to like talk to me like uh, about why I'm wrong. Yeah, and stupid for thinking that. And it's just, it's, it's strange. And that's sad. Like that's to me sad. Yeah. We've gotten to a point where it's not enough just to like what you like it. You have to make sure that other people don't like what you don't like. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's that whole misery loves company thing. Like just let people like what they like because when, and and I use this phrase all the time, even with the local wrestling scene, because as Patrick pointed out, and he's usually the first one to point it out, I'm a promoter, right? I get upset if a show bombs somewhere because maybe that'll affect other fans' local opinion of wrestling as a whole, which could then affect my event. And I don't want that. And when the business is good, it's good for everybody. If someone does bad business, it could hurt everybody. And and so the fans, that's kind of the fans' version of bad business, right? The fans' version of bad business is cutting down others versus just propping up your own. There's plenty of room. There's plenty of TV space, right? That is raw and, and dynamite will never, ever, ever run head to head. There's just too much TV land space right now. The networks would never let it happen. Landscape. The networks would never let it happen because it just makes no sense to put them. It's why you don't see college football games on Monday night during Monday night football. Like it just, does not make sense financially for anybody to do that. And that's why there'll never be a war because they'll never run head to head outside of NXT and AEW, which was dumb anyway, they'll never run head to head because it's, it's just stupid to do so because it would hurt everyone more than it would hurt or help everyone. And so it'll just never, ever happen. And these fans need to stop being stupid about it and, and really stop getting themselves worked up and hate watching stuff when not watching is better than hate watching and they just don't understand it. We're going to go to our second commercial break and then we're going to wrap things up here on the show with a, a bold prediction. We'll go bold prediction. I'll, I'll do that here.
This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. So one of the things we mentioned earlier, and a name that we've said a few times, is the name of one Daniel Bryan Danielson. Um, much like Bob Lashley, that's the name that we have to say to him or use him by. And up until you know April, when when he lost his his career versus title match to Roman Reigns, he had been with WWE since 2010, outside of a short little stint where he choked Justin Roberts with a tie, whatever, right? Um, and he had a meteoric rise, including main eventing WrestleMania 30, one of the greatest stories the company has ever told. And Daniel Bryan Danielson has been used as an example for people touting the likes of Johnny Gargano for years. And I've often said, Johnny Gargano can't be the next Daniel Bryan Danielson because Daniel Bryan Danielson is Daniel Bryan Danielson. Well, now he's gone. He's now out of WWE. Historically, and I tweeted this a while ago, but historically, take a look at WrestleManias. WrestleMania 20 was who? He who shall not be named, Chris Benoit. WrestleMania 30, Daniel Bryan Danielson, right? Had to overcome all the odds. Well, I'm going to say it right here and right now on this show. Write it down, mark it down, mark the tape, whatever. WrestleMania 40 will end with Johnny Gargano hoisting a World Heavyweight Championship as an ultimate underdog in WWE. I used to think that role was going to be Chad Gable. For the longest time, I thought it was going to be Chad Gable. And as good as Chad Gable is, I think it's easier to love Johnny Gargano. And it's easier to get behind Johnny Gargano. And I think Johnny Gargano is going to be, plus he was an internet darling, just like Benoit would be the equivalent to back then, just like Daniel Bryan was for WrestleMania 30. And I and they tend to do it every 10 years. I think the ultimate underdog story will come back and it'll be Johnny Gargano. Maybe over our great tribal chief, Roman Reigns. Who knows? But it's going to be a hell of a story and everyone's going to buy in at hook, line, and sinker and it's going to be amazing. And he has to resign with the company come next year, but I think he will. Um, and yeah, I think he's going to get that opportunity. He's going to be sitting atop the world, much like... Daniel Bryan, he'll learn, much like Chris Benoit and Daniel Bryan Danison before him, kind of really no place but down from there. But I do think that, I mean, the best thing that happened to Daniel Bryan Danison was the way he had to lose that first world, or the second world title, because everyone forgets about the first one he held by cashing money in the bank as a heel. But I do think that he will, he will get that opportunity now that Daniel Bryan Danison's gone. Thoughts? I mean... The, the logic makes sense when you explain it in that way. And, um, you know, when you look at his place in NXT right now, he's in a very, you know, big role. He's one of the more, even in all the changes with NXT, he is still there. Um, but I think it's also the landscape of wrestling that's changed so much. And I think we'll continue to change. That makes me wonder, will he even still get to that level? Um, you know, who who knows? Um, but with the direction that WWE is going in and what they are placing emphasis on is, you know, the bigger or larger than life characters. 
And yes, an underdog comes in every few years, but I think the definition of an underdog is going to change. You look at Big E, who we viewed as an underdog, when his size, his look, his personality leads you to think there's nothing underdog about him. But yet he has been an underdog for years. And that was a feel-good moment to see him win. But I feel like, uh, you know, what Johnny Gargano is, I think, and where his fit is now as more of a comedic character, may follow him more to what we see, like maybe the Miz level, uh, than I see a Daniel Bryan Danielson level. And that is just, you know, my two cents of it. But, you know, I, that for the, that is the one thing, as much as I look at wrestling in a positive light uh, and the one thing about these fandoms the one thing I do agree on is to not get your hopes up high with WWE because they will let you down quite often um, more times than not but when they get a story right they get a story right but I I see him more as the Miz and I see him as a Daniel Bryan Danielson so you're saying multi-time world heavyweight champion Mike the Miz that Sounds terrible. No, I'm not saying I just look at that from a different oh, perspective. No. Correlating I, it with Daniel Bryan Danielson. You know. I, I just I'm pulling your chain. I'm pulling chain. But if even if you were to have a, a, a Miz like career on a main roster, that's a Hall of Fame career. So I can't argue that. Um, I like the idea, Greg. I like the story. I think that there's one. If there's one thing Gargano has proven is that he can wear a lot of hats. Like if you look at who he's been and what he's been in NXT um, from his debut, like he's been the underdog before. He's been like he's been this comedic character. He's been a total dick. His uh, his work with Ciampa over Goldie, like that he can be serious he can do it all um it's just he's about a foot too short <laughs> um uh, seriously like we talk about that all the time but i think that the wwe would absolutely you know whether it could be a kofi mania-esque run too like it could be i mean which is basically what daniel bryan's run was like the yes movement was very similar to kofi mania um uh, so I, I think that I think that he's such a Swiss Army knife of a guy and of a character that you could tell either story and it would work and the fans would buy it even if it was oh the funny guy's the underdog and, and we're gonna root for this guy because he is the underdog and and overcomes that uh, that stigma so I think that's a I think that's a great bull prediction I think that that could makes a surprising amount of sense. And the thing about Daniel Bryan in his WWE run that, that we talked about, I think making that Miz comparison, I think Daniel Bryan went through that threshold before he got there. Look at the thing. like for The yes chants were born out of him chanting no to everything. Mm-hmm. He was involved in, in crazy weddings with, with CM Punk and AJ Lee. He was in Team Hell No. They were going to partner therapy. For the longest time with, with Dr. Right. Whatever his name was and, and, and Dr. What? Shelby? And he became a recurring character. And Scorpio Sky was there. And now he's trying to break through in AEW, but he can't because he's black. And all these other... I'm sorry. Um, I mean, let's call it what it is. Wow. Um, right? That's sorry. Outstanding. It is true. Um, no, I'm sorry. It's okay. People are going to hate me and I don't care. 
But it's it's by the everybody hates Greg shirt. If you really hate me so much, do me a favor. But to me, I could see. I think he would have to get through that first. I do think that that the things that Miranda was saying, like Daniel Bryan Anderson, could have topped out at that Miz level as well. But and and being that multi time world champion, like Patrick talked about again, Daniel Bryan Danielson was a champion by cashing in Money in the Bank, just like Miz, um, and doing it as a heel and and having his heel run. But then he made it to that next level where he was able to to main event WrestleMania. Miz, of course, main evented WrestleMania, you know, three years before Daniel Bryan Danielson did. But completely different story. And, and he would love to get back there. Won. What's and he won? Yeah, he actually won. And won. That's the crazy thing. Um, and he's the Hall of Famer, and he does me like, like no one can ever. I won't even listen to complaints about the Miz at this point. But I do think he could get there, and I think he would be that ultimate underdog story. And then look, Eric Bischoff has said there's only like seven stories you can tell anyway, and and everything we watch is different iterations of the same seven stories. And that underdog heroic journey is going to be one that people can buy into if they like the person enough. And they would like Johnny Gargano enough because it would suck in the AEW fan base. Like it would suck in everybody. Like that's what it would do. It's just a matter of if they see that and if he can manage the cycle, manage the ups and manage the downs. So that on that note, we will uh, wrap things up here. I could have made that the three minute warning, but I didn't, but it could have been um, on this week's edition of the Babyface Heel podcast where there's two sides and, and three sides and sometimes even four and five sides to every storyline. Of course, you're listening on the Chairshot Radio Network, which is part of the, as I try to, I keep grabbing the wrong mouse, which is part of the Chairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. There it is. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. You're listening on maybe your, your favorite podcasting platform like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play. So like it, subscribe, leave us that review, tell a friend, go follow everything and everybody on social media at Chairshot Media for the website, at Chairshot Greg for me, at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T for Patrick O'Dowd, at the hashtag Miranda for Miranda Morales, and any of the other accounts you may want to follow interact have fun do everything you can because that's what this is about in in overall and that's something that i hope we're able to bring uh, some perspective to for people as we talk about the bickering and the fighting between the fans at the end of the day one thing i think a lot of people forget especially the aw fan base this is just supposed to be fun and it's supposed to be fun for everybody it's not just supposed to be fun for a select group of people and i think it's a hell of a lot of fun right now i really do uh, and despite what, what fans may do. So I'm down with the wrestling. I'm down 100%. Until next time, for Patrick O'Dowd, for Miranda Morales, my name is Greg DeMarco, and we are reminding you to always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.